We need to keep his word in our hearts because unless we do so, our relationship with God is not right. And with man, it won't be right. So then we need to trust the Lord as we'll say and obey and abide in him. Notice this. We need to trust the Lord with all of our heart. It's not just simply the word. It's not simply the word. Not a card. You know, it is a real relationship with the Lord in which his word is working in our hearts. Welcome to this Monday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, you have some exciting news for our listeners. Yes, I do, Dave. Indeed, we are so excited and thankful to the Lord to announce to you that we've completed our in-house development of our Equipping the Saints app, and it is now available for free at the Apple App Store. So I'd encourage our listeners to download the app and check it out. We believe it'll be a blessing. Well, praise the Lord, Greg. And now we continue our look at an extremely important passage you preached on New Year's Eve at Equipping Bible Church. Yes, we will, Dave, and that passage is Proverbs chapter 3. So let's turn there together as we begin. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, just download our new free app from the Apple App Store. You'll also find today's broadcast, a host of other archived broadcasts, as well as ETS links and important information about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Don't forget... His teaching is the teaching of the Word of God. Don't forget, if you're not in a church where you're being taught the Word of God, it's kind of hard to forget something you don't have, right? you got to start there, right? The assumption is you're being fed the Word of God. The assumption is you're actually hearing and being taught the Word of God. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep or hold on my commandments. Are you in the Word of God? How can you forget his teaching if you're not being taught? You don't even have his teaching. We need to be taught the Word of God. And what type of church you're in will reveal where your heart is towards the Word of God. Don't forget it, but keep it. And we'll see this. We need to keep it in our hearts. Don't forget it. You know, we need to be in a good church, but we also need to be focusing on it ourselves. You know, I'm not saying this to be legalistic or anything, but I tell my family, I tell this church, when you get up in the morning, don't go in your phones. Unless you're going to go in your Bible. Read the Word first. Then go to whatever news or whatever and look at all that stuff. Forget that. Get in the Word of God first. The first thing you do, get your heart straight. It's so easy to get going in the day without the Lord. I don't say to do this legalistically. I'm saying this from a heart that is changed and desires to be in the Word of God. Don't forget it, but keep it. Don't forget what I say today, but keep it in your heart. So my son, don't forget teaching. And notice, there's a blessed result to this. For length of days, verse 2, and years of life and peace, they shall be added to you. Wow. You got all these people saying, hey, you know, do this and this. You'll have length of days. Try this sermon. Try this pill. Whatever it is. You'll have length of days. You'll have peace if you do this, right? Well, the peace the world gives is not God's peace at all. God's peace comes from God. And he says here, hey, by and large, you're going to live in this Proverbs, right? They're short comparisons that bring truth in the midst of a wicked world, right? By and large, you're in the word of God. You're holding it in your heart. You're not letting it go. You're going to live longer. Now, certainly there are things that happen that are different. God numbers our days. But this is basically what it says. And peace or shalom. They will add to you. You know, the scripture is clear. There's no peace for the wicked, says my God. If you're lacking peace, if you want true peace, you need to be in God's word. Not legalistically, 
but from a heart that desires it. Don't let it leave you. Do not forget or forsake his teaching. Don't forget it or don't set it aside, but hold it in your heart. And they're going to add peace and life. I think our hearts are kind of like cups. They've got holes in them. You've got to keep pouring the word in there because it just goes right out because there's so much other stuff. We've got to renew our minds. We need to make the decision not to be conformed to this world, but transform. Make that decision. Are you lacking peace these days? You want true life? You want true peace? Get into God's word. Put it in your heart and keep it there. Don't forget it. That means we'll see in a minute what the heart means. Run it around in your head. And there's a promise. My son, do not forget my teaching. It means you've got to be taught. Don't forget it. But let your heart keep my commandments. Hold on to them. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. That's what God says. Peace and life. Look back at Proverbs 4 again. Proverbs 4, and I want to go down to verse 20. This is so important because God's word is life. Peter said to the Lord, you got the words of life. Where are we going to go? Proverbs 4.20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saints. We give attention to a lot of stuff. Give your attention to the word of God. You need to make the decision. It needs to be valuable in your heart. Incline your ear to my saints. Do not let them depart from your sight. Don't let them go. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are what? Life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. We'll see that in a minute. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Hey, what's that saying? It's not just watch over for bad and good thoughts. It's saying watch over to make sure you don't let God's word leave. That's the context. Keep your word in the heart and then watch over it with all diligence. Watch over your heart. What is happening in your heart? What's going on in your mind? For from it flow the springs of life. Hey, the life comes through the truth of God from the God of the truth who gives us life. Put away a deceitful mouth and deceivious lips from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Watch over your heart. Don't let it go away. Don't forget it. And guess what? When we do this, when we keep his word in our hearts, obviously we're going to have peace in life. There's something else we're going to see. Look at verse 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Back in Proverbs 3. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. We have two parallel imperative commands here. First, do not let kindness and truth leave you. The term kindness here comes from the Hebrew word chesed. It speaks of loving kindness or unchanging loyal love. Don't let it leave you. Okay, now what's he talking about? Well, we know we can see what it is when we look at what God has done. Just look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103 speaks about God's loyal love to us. Psalm 103, verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. Praise the Lord for that. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. We see here that it is the demeanor or characteristic that comes from the word working in us. It's God's loving kindness, first of all, that he reveals in loving us and having his son die for our sins. It's that demeanor of compassion and love that God has for us. But here it says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. It's in parallel. 
I think it's that which God does through the word working in the heart. Don't let it leave you. Proverbs 19.22, what is desirable in a man is his loving kindness or hesed. It's God's character in you. When it leaves you, guess what? God's truth's gone too. Indeed, we forget the word on a practical basis. We're no longer going to walk in the context of his character. So then thinking in reverse, when we're not loving, kind, we need to get in his word so that our hearts will reflect his character. You find yourself in that manner, then maybe his word has been forgotten or forsaken. Certainly like that at times. We get that way. Find ourselves not loving, kind, realize, oh man, this is just me in the flesh. Got to get back in the word of God. So notice what's in parallel with loving kindness. Do not let loving kindness or truth leave you. God's truth, as we see, is not, people say, all truth is God's truth. Well, that's not true. God gives us his inspired truth. They're talking about truth that they've reinterpreted through man's eyes. No, we have God's truth from the word of God, which then interprets everything. That's the truth. Psalm, read some passages for you. Psalm 119.43, the writer writes, Do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. It's the word of truth. Psalm 119.142, Thy righteousness is a everlasting righteousness, and thy law is truth. Psalm 119.160, The sum of thy word is truth. Proverbs 21.28, A false witness will perish, but he who listens to the truth will speak forever. Proverbs 23.23, Buy truth, like purchase it figuratively speaking, and don't sell it. Get wisdom and instruction. We saw already in Ecclesiastes 12, the preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, this is the real Lord's Prayer, John 17. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. The truth is the word of God. Don't let it leave you. Don't let his character and his word leave you. And he says, bind it around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. What's he talking about? How do I write God's word on the tablet of my heart? How do I bind it around my neck? What's the heart? When Solomon says the heart, what is he talking about? Now, the term lev is the word translated heart from the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, cardia, it spoke of the inner man, the inner self. It spoke of the source and functions of the soul and spirit, emotional life, volition and rational life. The heart and mind are seen in Scripture as synonymous. You know, often we say it got to his mind, but didn't get to his heart. Well, no, it never got to his heart. It never really penetrated his mind rightly, okay? We see in Scripture that the heart and mind are synonymous. Let me share some passages. Psalm 7, verse 9, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end. Amen. But establish the righteous. For the righteous God tries the hearts and minds. Revelation 2, 22. Three, and this is Lord Jesus giving his condemnation. He says, I will kill her with pestilence and all the churches will know, speaking of the Jezebel, that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then actually 2 Corinthians 2, Three, and I'll read this for you, verse 14. But their minds, speaking of the Jews, were hardened until this very day at the reading of the Old Covenant. And the same veil remains because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. Minds hardened, veil over the heart. Hebrews chapter 8, and the reiteration of this new covenant, says, I'll put my law in their minds, I'll write it upon their hearts. 
Your mind is, the, is who you are, what you think. You are what you think. You say, you are what you eat. Well, that's maybe true, but you are what you think. James one twenty six. if anyone thinks himself to be religious, does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. You see, our heart is who we are. It's our mind. It's our thinking. It's what runs through our heads. And he says here, bind them around your neck. Write them on top of the heart. Now, this is figurative. This is a promise. Those who don't have the Spirit of God, who don't have a relationship with the Lord, who are religious, always do things literally. They write little verses on their phylacteries. They do all these things. They have verses everywhere. They're binding it on their heart. No, they're not. It's everywhere around them, but it's not in their heart. It's great if you got Bible verses around, but they need to get in your heart and on your mind. That's what it's talking about. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It's figurative. Get it on your heart and keep it on your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Get into the word of God and let it stick there. Now, sin is what keeps it from sticking. If you got unconfessed sin, you could hear his word all day long. You walk out, you forget what you heard. You forget who you are. You forget how it convicted you. Get clean and get it on your heart. You've got to have a heart that has been redeemed. The new covenant, I'll write my law on their hearts. When you've been redeemed, you have the spirit of God and he can put his word on your heart. Now, if you're receptive, keep it there. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Delight on it, meditate on it day and night, Psalm 1. So then, back in our passage, chapter 3, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they'll add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and then notice the result. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Here's a result. Here we see that keeping his word on our hearts, we're going to find something. So you will find two things, favor and good repute. Now the term favor, hen, means grace. The term repute here means understanding. You might have in your NASBs a note that says literally understanding. Now because it says good understanding in the sight of God and man, they've translated it like reputation. They see the sight from the wrong direction, I believe. I believe it's actually going to cause you to do what is right, to have favor from God and to understand man rightly and relationships rightly in the context where thus they will understand you. Grace and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Basically, you're going to be right with God and right before men. Maybe not from their perspective, but from God's perspective, you'll be right. You'll be right before God, you'll receive his grace, and you will be right or have a good understanding discernment before men. You're going to be right in your relationships as you walk around this evil, wicked, sinful world. Therefore, if you don't keep his word in your heart, you're not going to find grace for your life, and you're going to be messed up in relationship to man. Okay? Let me ask you this. Do you always have problems with everyone around you? Always. Could this be the reason? Confess and get his word in your heart. Don't forget it. Don't forget his teaching. We need to keep his word in our hearts because unless we do so, our relationship with God is not right. And with man, it won't be right. So then we need to trust the Lord as we'll see and obey him and abide in him. Notice this. We need to trust the Lord with all of our heart. It's not just simply the word. It's not simply the word on a, on a card. You know, It is a real relationship with the Lord in which his word is working in our hearts. 
Look at verse 5. This is all connected. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Everybody knows this, but do we really think about it? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. That's an infomercial, right? You want refreshment and healing to your body? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? That's the key. Here we're commanded to trust the Lord, to trust in him. It speaks of a personal relationship of faith in the Lord. The Lord, the great I am. When it's in your Old Testament, in large caps, it speaks of Yahweh. That's the verb to be, I am. It speaks of the self-existent one. When Moses was talking to the Lord, he said, what shall I tell the Israelites your name? He says, Yahweh, Asher, Yahweh, I am who I am. The self-existent one. Jesus Christ is the great I am. Speaking of personal faith, it's one thing to believe the word. You've got to believe the God of the word. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Jeremiah 17. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. There you go. That's the negative. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see prosperity when it comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. There you go. And whose trust is the Lord. It's a personal relationship of faith. It's abiding in Jesus Christ. It is relying on him. It is trusting personally in the Lord. You can have his word in you all day long, but if you don't trust in him, he's not going to function through you. You've got to trust in him. It says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice the qualification. Not just a little trust. I trust Jesus here. Trust Jesus here. Trust him here. But I got this covered. Now it's just a little trust. He says here, with all your heart, your entire being, every thought. You can't have one thought that's not trusting him and another one that is. We can do that pretty easily, can't we? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We are to put no weight on our own understanding, not even to lean on it. Trust with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. The term understanding means, in Hebrew, bin, perception, understanding. We're not to put any weight on our own perception, on our own understanding. And guess what? We have our own understanding and perception about everything and everybody. We got a whole thing of it about everything and everybody. It's there. We own that. But we are not to trust in it or put any weight on it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not. You know, when you tell your child, do not do that, you're giving them a command for their good. God is saying, don't do it. And if you do do it, you're sinning. We're sinning. Do not put any weight or lean on your own understanding. The Lord wants us to be holy with an H and also WH, holy, devoted to him. He wants us to be devoted to him completely. Let me share a couple passages. 
First Chronicles 28.9, David shares to Solomon. Interesting, huh? He says, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and he understands the intent of the thoughts. Hearts and thoughts, right? Same thing. If you seek him, he will let you find him. If you forsake him, he'll reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house, a sanctuary. Be courageous and act. A whole heart. At the dedication of the temple, Solomon says this. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly devoted to the Lord your God. And he says, qualifies, to walk in his statutes, keep his commandments as at this day. First Chronicles 29, 29, the people then rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for they had made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart. There's joy when that happens. And King David also rejoiced greatly. A whole heart. Not a divided heart, divided with my understanding that I'm kind of holding on to. And then here's what God says. You've got to give it up and say, I'm trusting you. It's faith. It's faith. Now, by the way, the Lord does not speak well of the double-minded. He doesn't when it comes to trust. Let me share a couple passages. Psalm 119, 113, the psalmist writes, I hate those who are double-minded, inspired by the Spirit. But I love thy law. First Kings 11, this is speaking of Solomon's double-mindedness when he started to hang out with the foreign chicks, the bad ladies, all right? Not good. It says that he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to other gods. His heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord. Divided heart. What about James chapter 1? You know, when we go in trials, you know, we need to understand knowing that he's using them to make us complete, you know, to make us like Christ. But if we lack wisdom, he says something. But if anyone lacks wisdom, James 1, 5, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You don't doubt because it's based on the character of God. It's who he is. You don't doubt him. You trust him. You trust in him. It says the one who doubts here is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You are unstable if you are double-minded, if your heart is not holy. It's nothing worse than being a Christian who's half-hearted. You want to see a miserable Christian that's got trouble all the time everywhere? There you go. What should we do if we're double-minded? Because we all step into those places at times. We all do. What should we do? James 4 has the answer. He gives a greater grace. Verse 6, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, because when you're not, when you're double-minded, you're not submitting, you're not believing him. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, 
All our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, you spoke of the double-minded at the end of your message today. What should one do if they're convicted that they just might be that double-minded person? Well, Dave, very simply, if we've been convicted that we're double-minded, we need to simply humble ourselves before the Lord. We need to repent of our worldliness and our trust in things other than Jesus. And we need to trust in Jesus Christ completely. He's a faithful God. And if you trust in him, he will do what he says. Oh, if your heart has been convicted, please confess to him today and be restored. As we close today's broadcast, here's an important message from our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. Hi, this is Greg Lundstedt, and it is my great privilege to study and teach the Word of God and to share it with you each day on this radio station. And as you listen, I want to ask you this question. Has equipping the saints been a blessing to you? If so, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially? You see, your financial partnership with us is so appreciated. So on behalf of the team here at Equipping the Saints, we want to praise our Lord and thank you for your prayers and financial support. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, to partner with us, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. Or if you prefer to send a gift online, our web address is etsradio.org. Well, we hope you make plans to join us again right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Yeah.